0: It is my joy to welcome you to today's podcast. Our prayer is that the Lord will minister to you in a special way during our time together. Are you all excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Um, Samus says this in Psalms 84, verse 10 that better is one day in his courts than a thousand elsewhere. One Bible college graduate. Um, once was giving an interview, he was at the, um, he was applying for a post of a faculty, probably now in a Bible college, and he was setting for an interview, and there was a panel, and they were asking him a question. So the question was, one of the questions was, what do you think? Did they have automobiles in the time of Jesus? And this guy thought for a while, and he was like, this seems to be something tricky. He thought, he thought, he thought for a while and he came up with an answer. He says, yes, of course, there was automobiles in the time of Jesus. The Bible says the disciples were in one accord, the Honda Accord. It's pretty biblical to own and drive a Honda Accord. The title of my message today is, are you future ready. Now the Millennials or people from the corporate world or people from the uh, innovation industry or creations, they might have a question or they might think what is he gonna talk about? Is he gonna talk about machine learning, artificial intelligence, robotics, analytics, what is he gonna talk about? The answer is a resounding no. Rather, in simple terms, I'm gonna talk about the second coming of Jesus for his bride, the church. Paul talks about this in First Thessalonians four, verse sixteen and seventeen. Turn with turn with me, turn your Bibles to Luke chapter twelve, verse thirty five onwards until thirty eight. I'm going to read the New Living Translation. It says, Be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning as though you were waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast. Then you will be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. The servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. He may come in the middle of the night or just before dawn but whenever he comes he will reward the servants who are ready. Let's look into the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, we want to thank and praise you for this beautiful, beautiful morning time that you've given us, Lord. I give this time into your mighty hands, Lord. Speak to each one of us personally, Father. Let your divine plan and purpose be fulfilled in each one of our lives. Lord, guide the words of my mouth. May every word bring glory to your name all to you Jesus Lord we pray help us not to be distant disconnected or distorted from your word but have a cohesive and and a unified spirit Lord completely aligned to the holy scriptures Lord we pray that let your word be a double edged sword piercing each one of us Lord I give you all glory honor, praise and majesty in Jesus name we pray Amen Amen My objective today through this message is at the end of 30-35 minutes the takeaways are gonna be number one each one of us will be able to take the initiative to seek and investigate the true way number two We would pay attention to seeking the voice of God and be prepared. Number three, we would not rely on notions and imaginations but reverence for God and wait patiently for the second coming of Jesus. The truth is, this generation Is not expecting the coming of the Lord. This generation is less expecting compared to all the past generations. The coming of the Lord is going to be very disruptive for many of us, for many people. For many people. It's going to be something that you're not waiting or expecting. There are people, I would rather say there are Christians, who are literally mocking the very return of Christ. Peter says this in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3, that in the last days, mockers will come with their mockings following after their own lust and saying, where is the sign of his coming? For everything continues to remain the same from the beginning of creation, ever since the beginning of creation. That's the thought. But the day of the Lord will come, Peter said, as a thief in the night. The Lord is coming. Jesus is coming. Get ready and be prepared. He's coming just like in Noah's time where people did ignored the signs, they ignored this, the message. Picture this. I'm going to talk about two boats. One is the Noah's Ark. The Bible doesn't talk about it, but probably he might have sent a, spent a hundred years in making that ark. And during that period, he was warning the people around telling them about the flood, but people were mocking him. And then there is the other boat, which is the boat of Noah, sorry, Jonah, the boat of disobedience. The boat to Tarshish, exactly the opposite direction. There are two boats, the boat of obedience and the boat of disobedience. The choice is ours. Which one would we prefer to hop onto? There are signs. The coming of the Lord is very near. Look at things and the developments that are happening around the world. Just look at the past one week. Talk about the Australian bushfire. Talk about the tensions between US and Iran. Talk about the Indonesian flood. So forth and so on. We are in the last days. We are living in a time and an era where if you look around, you can look at the hearts and the minds and the blindness of people around. They are enjoying to the fullest as if there is no tomorrow. They are having entertainment. They are having fun to the core. Now don't get me wrong. I am not against entertainment. I am not against having fun. I am not against enjoyment. But at what cost? At what cost? I strongly know in my spirit, in my heart, that the joy that was burning in our hearts once upon a time is not the same. The joy that we had when we, we accepted the Lord as a personal savior, when we gave our heart to the Lord, when we received him initially, oh, we were so bubbling with joy for the Lord. We were jumping around. We, were, we had that love, that first love, that passion for Jesus. Many of us have lost it in our walk. That love, we have lost it somewhere. And somewhere we aren't prepared to receive the Lord. The oil in our lamps have dried up, have kind of died down, is kind of empty. Are we prepared? And this is the time to be prepared and be ready. We probably might have bought into this idea or this doctrine that oh, the coming of Jesus is probably a thousand years away. It's not somewhere near. It's going to be maybe, yeah, it may happen. It could be happen, but it may not be in my time period that I'm going to be in this world, that I'm in this On planet earth, it might not happen. We might have somewhere bought into this idea or doctrine. Peter says this in 2 Peter 3, verse 8. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years like a day. In that case... Is it fair if I say that Jesus rose up just two days ago? He just rose up two days ago. And probably his coming is tomorrow. Probably his coming tonight. Are we ready? Are we prepared? Are you ready to dwell in the house of the Lord forever? If not, then ask yourself, why? Most of us cling on to something that is sinful, but we are comfortable there. We are pretty comfortable there. The sin of the past. The unforgiveness, the bitterness, the hatred that we are carrying along, the baggages which are there, the habits of the past, we are carrying them along, we are clinging on to them with an attitude that's called it's an okay kind of an attitude. I'm fine, it's okay, it's fine. We are clinging on to them. We are clinging on to those sins because we find them comfortable. We are not moving out of it. We are not moving ahead. This is the time. You know, that is like asking a baby to experience life outside the womb. They would say, no way! I have a great life in here. But you see, a child would miss the life they are given when they choose to stay where they are. Fortunately for us, God knows better, and that's why we don't have a choice with labor. Once the pain starts, the baby is coming. We should be ready. We should be ready for the Lord's return. Because when He comes, He will judge everyone. That's not what I'm saying. That's what the Bible says. We all have it. That's what the Bible says. When he comes, he will judge everyone. Let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. It says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due Us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Romans 14, verse 12, it says, Each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Each of us. It doesn't segment there. It doesn't bracketize there. It talks about each one of us have to give an account of ourselves to God. Think about this. What would Jesus say when we stand in front of the judgment seat of Christ? What's Jesus gonna say? And I'm only talking about people who are saved. I'm talking about people who believe in Christ, who have accepted Lord as their personal saviors. I'm talking about, I'm talking to people who are seated in the church. Let me say this. Our present-day actions will have eternal consequences. Whatever we do today, the steps. The actions, the decisions that we make all have eternal consequences. Whatever we have is from God. This life, the youth, the health, the wealth, the job, the finances, the education, that's all God's grace that we have. And we are very busy in our day-to-day mundane routine activities. We are into doing things, not really thinking that one day we may have to give an account of everything, standing in front of that judgment seat, giving an account of steps, decisions and actions that we may have taken All who believe in Christ. All who are saved. All who partake from the Holy Communion. All will have to stand in front of the judgment seat. And give an account of whatever we have done in the body. Can we say that yes, I have a good testimony. When people see us, we work, we go to our offices, we go to... Our colleges, we go to our schools, wherever we, uh, we go, do we have a testimony? Do people see Christ in us? If no, we need to make some tweakings, we need to make some changes, we need to have a testimony. I have a cousin, and uh, a couple of years back, we were traveling and uh, we were going from Bhopal to Delhi, and we were waiting for the train to come. We were at the platform, and this cousin of mine, he did not have um, a reserved seat, so he was also standing with us. And at that point of time, a um, couple of his college friends, they also came, and they were at the station, and they met him and said, hey, nice meeting you, long time. How are you doing? Been Where are you going? Are you going to the same place? Oh, awesome. So they were just talking about it, and then, one of them asked, hey, do you have a seat? He said, no, um, I don't have one. So he said, yeah, why don't you come with us? We also don't have seat. We'll all go into the unreserved compartment. We'll have fun. It's going to be, a, you know, the whole night journey. We're going to have fun. We'll enjoy. The moment this guy said this, another person who's also a friend says, no, 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 don't call him. Whole night he's going to only talk about Jesus. Let's not call him. It's like, wow, that's a testimony. Do people hate us? Because of that... If no... You're being a part of the world... You're just being like them... We will have... To have... A testimony... We all... Would have to give an account of what... We do... In this life... Shouldn't we then fear... Shouldn't we then, with fear, lead a Christian life? Then shouldn't we lead a responsible life? A responsible Christian life? This morning I encourage all to lead a responsible Christian life. I'm not trying to scare anyone. I'm only saying that let's try and lead a responsible Christian life. Received, what are we doing? What are those stuff? Those are the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life was John 2 16 and you think God is going to be pleased you think you wouldn't have to give an account now that's not what the word says I'll read another version for 2nd Corinthians 5 10 and it says for we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve. We will receive what we deserve for the good or evil we have done in the earthly body. A couple of seconds back, I, I just asked you, shouldn't this bring in a fear in us? Shouldn't this bring a godly fear in us? A reverence in us? A reverence for God? Shouldn't this be making us think? Let me ask you something. If there's going to be an income tax rate, will you fear? If you are said that your account books are gonna be checked, will you fear? If there's gonna be an audit in the office, oh my God, for months together we are, you know, setting up our books in order because we don't want a wrong report. For months together we prepare because that scares us. What about standing in front of the judgment seat? Shouldn't that be making you fearful, a godly fear? We will all have to give an account of whatever God has given. Of whatever God has given, we will have to give an account. Whether it is your health, your wealth, your family, your children... We are all answerable. We are answerable. We have to give an account of all of these. Maybe some of us sitting here may have a question. What will we be judged for at the judgment seat of Christ? What will we be judged for? Two things. To simplify. A, we will be judged for our works as a servant of Jesus Christ. First Corinthians 3 words, 11 until 15, we can read that. B, our work will be judged for the motive behind it and the quality as opposed to the quantity. That's what is going to be judged. You see, When I started, I started with the second coming of Jesus. And then now I'm talking about the judgment seat of Christ. What am I trying to do? I'm trying to amalgamate the two of them in such a way that we have a holistic view of being prepared for the second coming. Being ready for the second coming. Let's read 1 Corinthians 3 10 onwards until 15 I'll read that in New Living Translation it says according to the remarkable grace of God which was given to me to prepare me for my task like a skillful master builder I laid a foundation and now another is building on it But each one must be careful how he builds on it. For no one can lay a foundation other than the one which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. But if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay or straw, each one's work will be clearly shown. For what it is. For the day of judgment will disclose it, because it is to be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality and character and worth of each person's work. If any person's work which he has built on this foundation, that is any outcome of his effort, Remains and survives this test, he will receive a reward. Wow. But if any person's work is burned up by the test, he will suffer the loss of his reward. Yet, he himself will be saved, but only as one who has barely escaped through fire. It cannot be more simpler than this. When we stand in front of the judgment seat, our works will be judged. The measurement of our works were mentioned here that we just read, the measurements. If our works are of gold, then you and I have a reason to be happy. There are, our works are divided into actually six types. That's what is mentioned. The gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw. You see, a believer on this earth probably lives for 70 or 80 years. His works, the prayer, evangelism, His tithes and offerings. His giving for church building. Fastings that he did. Mission trips that he went for. Souls he won for the Lord. Forgiveness that he may have displayed. He might have been mocked but never retaliated. All this has been accounted for by the Lord. All of them have been counted. Some of us might be feeling low in our spirit, feeling, you know, I don't see things moving. I do everything as the Lord wants or as he expects. But I don't know why things are not moving. I don't know why things are happening this way. I want to say don't get discouraged because every act, every step that each one of you have taken, the Lord has counted them. He knows it. He's counted them. See, God is looking at the attitude, the motive, and honesty. I want to show you a picture. Now, this picture is a tractor full of straw. Now, you would get to see this picture when you go on a highway. Um, where you cross villages, you have those farmers, they you know, load this on and they travel. Now let me ask you, if I have to sell the whole of this, will I be able to buy a pinch of gold? Huge, right? It's full, overloaded. But if I have to sell it, Will I get something? What will happen if this goes through fire? One matchstick and boom, turns into ashes. Is our works like this? Are our works pleasing men or God? You know, we show up, big stuff. Is it to please God? Amen. We can read about that. I'm not reading it. We can read about it in First Thessalonians 2 verse 14 and Ephesians chapter 6 verse 6. All our works will be measured through fire. You see, if the proper attitudes are developed, the proper works come naturally. I spoke about it. God is only looking at your attitude, your motive and your honesty. If the proper attitudes are developed, the proper works come naturally. You don't have to fake it. You don't have to do extra. You don't have to put in efforts to make it happen. It comes out naturally. I want to read Revelations chapter 3, verse 3. It says, Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what time I'll come to you. George, probably it is a wake-up call for some of us. It's time to get ready it's time to be prepared now there can be a question in our hearts how do I get ready for the second coming of the Lord what do I need to do three things to be ready for Jesus coming number one he must be your master In Luke 12.38, he clearly dons the authority to be the rightful judge of everyone who has ever lived. Every saint struggles daily against the world, the flesh, and the devil. This is no rocket science. We all know it. We all struggle daily with against the world, the flesh and the devil. And many of us have not learned to have consistent victory over these enemies of our soul. If you claim to know Jesus or if you claim to know Christ as your savior and yet you are shrugging off known sin as no big deal, you may be in for a serious reality check when Christ returns. Let me say that again. If you claim to know Christ as Savior and yet you are shrugging off known sin as no big deal, it's fine, it's okay. You may be in for a serious reality check when Christ returns. The only people ready for His return are those who daily seek to bring every area of their life under his lordship it's a constant struggle and if you are not engaging in that struggle you need to examine yourself those who are ready for Christ's return seek to follow him as lord Number two, you must be his servant. It should be obvious. Masters are masters of servants and the servants, they live to obey the commands and live by according to his will. Being a servant of Jesus Christ is first and foremost a mindset. I should see myself as a servant of Lord Jesus, obedient to his will. As Paul says, you're not your own for you have been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. 1 Corinthians six nineteen and 20. You're not your own you bought with a price therefore glorify God with your body. Servants of Christ should seek out an area of service which is in line with their spiritual gifts. God has given all of us a function to perform in the body of Christ. He's given us. And if you're not serving Christ in some capacity, or looking for a place to serve, you're leaving probably for yourself. We have a lot of works in the church too. We can get ourselves involved and be used serving the master as his servant. When he comes, he doesn't want to find you sitting on a hilltop waiting for him. He would rather want to find you serving him. Number three, you must live in expectation of his return. Luke 12 37 says, Blessed are those slaves whom the master shall find on the alert, awake. The home owner should have been expecting the arrival of the thief. Jesus says, you too be ready. 1240 says this, Luke 1240. If you're expecting a guest, especially an important guest, you would live differently. You know, it will be a different way of living rather when you're not expecting anyone. Imagine how would you get ready if the prime minister of this nation comes and tells you that I'm going to spend the night at your place. Oh, you're going to do your best. Your house is going to be spotless. Probably get into whitewashing it also. Getting it ready because you are expecting the prime minister. And if you're expecting the king of kings and the lord of lords, how should your life look? Would you have been comfortable doing the stuff and the activities that you did past weekend or the last weekend? Do you have to get rid of those books, those magazines, those videos, those pen drives, those hard disks? that you would be ashamed of and you want to clean them up before the coming of the Lord? Do you watch those TV shows or web series where you would be ashamed if the Savior is knocking at your door at that point of time? Jesus said that you should be ready immediately to open the door when he comes and knocks. Luke 12, 36 is very clearly saying this. You should be ready immediately to open the door to him when he comes and knocks. You can't say, Jesus, wait! I have stuff in my closet. I'm just trashing it. Hang in there. Wait, I'm coming. I'm coming, running. Please wait for me. Stop, stop. I'm coming. No. Immediately when the knock is happening, we have to Be ready. Church, today is the day. Get ready. While believers are looking forward to the coming of the Lord, it is well to remind themselves of Paul's words to Titus. In the book of Titus chapter 2 verse 11 until 14 I'll read that. It says for the grace of God has been revealed bringing salvation to all people and you are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures we should live in this evil world with wisdom righteousness and devotion to God while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our God great God and Savior Jesus Christ will be revealed. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin to cleanse us and to make us his very own own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. Today is the day. I urge you, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, be ready for Christ's return. Make sure that He is your master. Be involved in serving him all day, every day. And live as if you expect his coming soon. Be future ready. Let's get prepared. Let's get prepared. The second coming is very near. Let's just rise up on our feet. If the Spirit, if the Holy Spirit spoke to you, you know your area. You know what it is that the Lord was speaking to you. It's your time with the Lord. Lord. To re-surrender and resubmit yourself. Thank you for taking time to listen. If you would like more information about our church or would like to make a comment, please mail us at info at newlifeag.in. God bless you.